Hello, and welcome to this Sunday uh, early afternoon edition of Collision Catch-Up, covering episode that took place on January 13th. My name is Aaron Grant. I am independent wrestler, current Crossbody Pro Wrestling Internet Champion, one half of your HWE Tag Team Champions. Yeah. Did I say my name? No. Standard Matthew Grant. You should probably start with that. Yeah, I probably point. should. Yeah, I really should. Uh, long intros, but here we are... Uh, Covering a hell of a, uh, not just three hours, but four hours of professional wrestling this week as we had Battle of the Belts also added on to our prototypical Rampage and Collision coverage here. Um, I, I really thought you were just going to say Collision Catch-Up, which uh, would I mean, have been a good yeah, placement. That, 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 that kind of, yeah. You botched that spot. I didn't, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> hell of a night for prefer- <laughs> For professional wrestling here, as obviously AEW running their three hours of television. We had TNA making the return with Hard to Kill. We had uh, Battle in the Valley, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling running a pay-per-view yesterday. It was just a shit ton of professional wrestling across the board yesterday. So. Yeah, we were we were double screening it and then also on our phones getting some New Japan <laughs> updates. So it was a very, very wrestling-filled evening last and I, night. I say that because we, we are going to reference a couple of things that happened in other... Uh, platforms Companies because and- honestly in per- one particular instance there's definitely something that we need to make reference to so yes absolutely agree um but without further ado uh we'll kick it off the way we normally kick it off every single week here on collision catch-up by reminding you that you should check out every single show here on the SME radio network show them the same love that you show us and make sure you check out tonight if you're listening to this very show on sunday Check out The Law, check out Sunday Night's Main Event, the main show, and uh, again, check out every single show, SundayNight'sMainEvent.com, or all your podcast platforms. But now, let's kick it off the way we normally kick it off every single week, and that's with our top threes, and uh, I'll let you take it over with your number three this week. Sounds good. Uh, my number three this week, I decided to go with the match that took place between uh, Hangman Adam Page and J.D. Drake, which ironically we were literally just sitting here watching some clips of. Yeah. Uh, I like to go back and watch like the match finishes, uh, even watch like the backstage promos following the show. This is why we wait until I was gonna say this, this is why we've changed directions from when we used to record these at like 2 a.m., yeah. Uh, yes. We we've changed directions, and we would rather get up on a Sunday morning and spend some time actually rewatching some highlights, as well as uh, seeing the bonus footage that often gets released after the show. See some of those backstage promos, interviews. And like I, I mentioned already, with the shit ton of wrestling that was going on last night, it was uh, split screening and paying attention to stuff, and sometimes missing things. So, you, as journalists and People, I guess, journalists? Podcasters. And I don't know why I said journalists. I was going to say, I've never thought... I, I will take on many hats. Journalists, I don't <laughs> think it is one, personally. Yeah, I don't know why the word journalist popped up. But as people who do this podcast, we got to be correct with our facts. So uh, it's good to make sure we are correct about our facts. So here we are. And yes, J.D. Drake, Hangman Adam Page. Like, genuinely a solid match here um can i just say like because as as it was my top three um at the beginning of the match the first couple minutes uh, admittedly i had a moment of like this is a little slow for me i i don't know how i feel about this match it felt like kind of a filler i wasn't entirely sure how to feel um also admittedly really really hating hangman page's mustache which is very distracting (laughs) so um (laughs) 
<laughs> I had to that touch on that. That dirty stash. I hate that dirty stash. But uh, either way, as it's starting, I'm like, all right, like we'll see where this goes. And JD Drake really impressed me as it went on. So like, JD Drake, prototypically known as like more of a faction guy, a tag team wrestler, uh, being a part of the wingmen, being. Uh, in the tag team with Eddie Henry as the workhorseman. However, when given the opportunity to be a singles competitor, he can go and he proved it hanging with a former AEW world champion. Um, a hell of a moonsault on that big boy as well, man. That's got to be commended. Like I've seen many moonsaults uh, in my run in professional wrestling and very clean, super clean. Like it, it blew my mind. I'm not even going to lie. Props to him for, like looking that good in the ring with a former world champion and uh hanging i was gonna with say hangman page absolutely kept up and there was a few moments where you know you'll i'll always be impressed by hangman page doing his uh buckshot larry his flippy shit as well i'm a sucker for it and the two of them really hung together and overall great match it, it was a shorter match for it, sure it was a shorter match it was a bit of a filler match i find and just to a little bit get ahead of myself because i had mentioned this to you last night at first, last night, a lot of the actual AEW collision card felt quite filler because, you know, most of the highlight matches were going to be later coming in Battle of the Belts. However, looking back on it, really solid episode. And uh, again, looking back on it, really, really good matches that took place last night considering the circumstance. And uh, uh, this is one that I felt needed to be highlighted. My number three... Uh was actually on the women's side of things as we've seen the AEW debut to Ponderosa, Deanna Perrazzo, as she took on Red Velvet. And goddamn, like, Perrazzo's already known as one of the best women's professional wrestlers on the planet. That's obviously part of the reason why AEW brought her into the company. On the opposite side of the spectrum, Red Velvet, like, genuinely impressed me last night. Um, I've always been... A fan of Red Velvet's work. I think she's grown exponentially in the company, like since coming in as very, very new. Like she's one of the AEW homegrown talents. And she's a good example of uh, the growth that we get to see and how cool it is to see some of this growth take place on television. Yep. Because a lot of times, you know, you're. Your guys that get brought up from the indies, they're already pretty established. And, so, and here's the thing about guys being brought up from the indies: they already have that confidence. Guys and girls, sorry. Yes, the, um, they already have that confidence instilled in them. Um, you get that from working shows. You get that from getting reps in. It's been fun to watch somebody like Red Velvet gain that confidence in herself going forward. And again, last night, like she hung with one of the best in the world and Diana Prazo. Again, not the longest match in the world but it doesn't need to be i, I was gonna say match that competitive like the match length doesn't matter sometimes the technical paralysis between the two last night was like really well done and again uh that submission at the end too the double arm bar looked yes. disgusting so yes. i i just I really had to tip my cap to the girls last night because like they brought it in this match and i genuinely like i I was watching it and I was like very happy to see it. Truthfully, uh, this actually ended up being my number two match, which again, this is why we record in the morning. The reason that this made my list was us rewatching clips this morning. Initially, I wasn't even sure if it was going to make it in my top three and it ended up at number two because it was a really great showing for both women. And it makes me very excited to see what else Deanna Prazo is going to be doing on AEW. Well, speaking of the girls and uh, got to be noted, 
she came from Impact, TNA, uh, and TNA made their return to pay-per-view last night with Hard to Kill. Another women's match to tip the cap to is the Ultimate X match, and uh, our girl Jody Threat and uh, Giselle Shaw, another Canadian, winning the match as well. So just want to like tip the cap to the girls last night for bringing it, because on both Very ends true. of the spectrum like uh the girls are really delivering right now it was fun because the ultimate x match was happening at the same time as copeland versus moriarty and i was like no offense to me actually saying this in like a sexist way but I'm like i i never thought i'd be more invested in a women's match over an adam copeland match and that's specifically an adam copeland as one of both of our favorites like i have to admit i again no disrespect i hardly even paid attention to his match i was so critically watching the ultimate x match so it just shows you like again professional wrestling is great across the board right now and uh that's got to be acknowledged so you mentioned that was your number two so yep you go straight into your number two here which is literally what we just brought up was copeland and lee moriarty as i I rewatched it back um not only that the fact of i really enjoying copeland getting these opportunities to work with like some guys you wouldn't even expect at tv time griff garrison last week lee moriarty this week it's getting seemed, those chances with the younger talent. It seems like he's going out of his way to like pick from the guys that again don't get those opportunities often to show what they're about. And that's something that I'm very, very happy to see. Um AEW for a while, everybody's been talking about this whole restore the feeling thing. And it's true, like the feeling is genuinely being restored with some of the shit that they've been doing lately. Um I'm I'm excited with the direction of AEW going forward now. Like it seems like they're actually they've got their heads on straight with some of the stuff that they've been doing lately. Don't get me wrong, every ball you throw is not going to be a home run, but at the same time, or every swing you. I I yeah I yeah. just say a little bit of a face of yeah, that yeah. sports reference. You could tell that you're a wrestling fan, not a not hey. a regular baseball fan. Hey, you know like what. That. Leave me alone. I was trying to make an analogy. The, the listeners probably understood what I was saying. Regar- <laughs> or they made the same face I did. <laughs> yeah, they probably did. Um, no, it, it, it's... You could tell AEW's trying right now. And even with Collision, like... There are some genuinely solid matches. There's some solid storylines being built up on all programming right now. So, it is good to see that uh, the feeling of the AEW is starting to... To be restored as uh again going back to copeland and moriarty a solid little short match but like gave a chance for Lo- moriarty to have a little bit of promo time have a little bit of ring time uh it showcased shane taylor promotions as well so it's all across the board like everybody wins and it it gives a little bit more of a uh a showcase of copeland leading up to a obvious future rematch with christian cage as he's calling him out continuously yeah absolutely and again just to touch note or note on touch touch base base. i don't know just again to put over i know and we waited until significantly later than usual like we're both on our second caffeinated drink and we're still struggling you're really outing us like this all right i know i know but uh again just to touch on the fact that it's really great to see copeland putting over these younger guys not necessarily in their wins but i've been really enjoying this cope open as he's wins been referring and, wins to. Wins and losses don't necessarily matter as much as people think. Um, no, I only I only clarify that in the whole put over. He's not yeah. he's not letting all these young guys get a win on him. Like he still is who he is. He's still Adam Copeland. He's going to be a little hard to beat. But you know, it's really cool to see these young guys get this opportunity against who I can only imagine they would look up to as kids. Well, you, you uh, the posts we talk about waiting till 
the morning of to to record these things and listening to Lee Moriarty talk about the match afterwards, like being able to hang with Brian Danielson, being able to hang and push to the limit Adam Copeland. Like, clearly there's something in Lee right now, and, like, it, it's good to see him getting these opportunities to show what he's about because he's a great professional wrestler. And uh, all, all sometimes – all you need sometimes is just an opportunity and that's exactly what we saw here with collision yep absolutely as i believe we move on to what's topping both of our lists this I'm week i'm certain of it uh, as we saw house of black up against uh ftr and daniel garcia whether you want to call them ft garcia or ft red ft red death yeah i think that's what they were going for i don't love that admittedly um either way uh, i'm being picky but you know either way the, the master of the dance and uh, one of the best tag teams on the planet taking on quite arguably the best faction in professional wrestling right now in the House of Black. I would agree. Um, yeah, hell of a match, man. I can't get over how good all six of these guys are, genuinely. Um, at no point in this match was I not invested. Um, it's crazy to me how underrated Daniel Garcia is still at this stage in his career. Um, there's stuff he's doing at such a young age that you don't really get until a later period when it comes to like professional wrestling. And it's just the little things that he's doing. And honestly, like he is going to be a future world champion. 100%. There is no question in my mind that he will be a world champion. Maybe not in AEW, but I guarantee Daniel Garcia will be a world champion. He's just that good. And he's, regardless of what situation he's in, he's so versatile and always makes things work. And that's something that has to be noted about Garcia as well. So I uh, really want to take that second and put over Garcia. FTR, man. like FTR, you don't need to put them over. Nope. You know how respected they are you know that they are one of if not the world's greatest tag team and they're it very clearly shows you don't need to argue that fact but uh cool to get to see garcia again sort of hang with these sort of guys and the other thing to be noted because i mean at this point the last like month month and a half the show's really been the house of black put over show and uh, honestly like we're gonna continue to do that because they bring it um Buddy and, Matthews, especially. I sorry, I just yep. have to highlight this yep. match. Buddy Matthews stole the show for me. Just his strength and just so smooth. That's the only words I can come up with for uh, how good he was in this match. That anytime he was in the ring, I could not look away. Honestly, it's insane to see how meshed and cohesive the House of Black are. Um, it's one thing to do it as a tag team, but as a trio to be on that same page as well as they are, I wouldn't necessarily say is unheard of, but like there's just something about it, man. And the presence, the aura, it adds so much to what they bring to the table. And I th- I adding think just, Julia as well. Like, oh, yeah. I think just to touch on what you're trying to say, like it's. It can be hard to even find a partner that you adhere with so well. So the fact that they have the trio where it's such a seamless and just meaningful. Well, even the four of them together that they have. Julia, like she wasn't involved with the 
the faction at first, obviously, and the way she seamlessly just kind of fit into the the picture as well is like. Again, that faction is one of the best things I think AEW's done in their history. 100% agree. And the best thing I could say for Julia's career. Yep. If I was to personally Well, say. I mean, uh, looking back from... Uh, they were at Daily's Place this past week for shows. And you see the transformation of Julia from the last time they were at Daily's Place to now. If, if you hear a noise in the background, it's because the Huskies next door just woke up, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it'll pick up on Mike, but... Yeah, I just... Th- I, I don't want to stop. Hard. I don't want to stop. We're on a roll, but yeah. Either way, uh, again, just everybody in the match, great match, and uh, like you said, Buddy being the star of the match, getting the victory of this match as well. So that to be noted. Um, intrigued to see what the future is between these two teams and what we see going forward between uh, FTR and the House of Black because clearly this isn't over. Also, just like a quick touch, uh, going back to Garcia and how over his dance is. And we've, again, talked about this every week about how he doesn't rely on it. But my gosh, it gets the crowd going. Just a little it moment. Gets the people be- going. It gets the people going. But just a little moment between uh, Malachi and Dale Garcia as Malachi teases doing the dance and instead flips him off. Destroyed me. Yeah. I, Malachi's been really embracing that mockery lately in such a comedic way that you wouldn't expect from the House of Black. But also, it's not just comedic, like a goofy haha. Like, it's just mockery. Like, yep. it digs deep and it's so good. And I've been I've been loving it. For some reason, uh, I feel like it's Carrie Underwood. First cut is the deepest. Nope. That, that, no, 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 no that Cheryl is not Crow? Carrie Underwood, Cheryl Crow, I yeah, believe. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, 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 we both could be wrong, but I can say with wholehearted no, certainty that uh, it's not no, Carrie Underwood. No, for some reason I I said that, and uh, now I immediately realize why I said it. I'm thinking Jesus takes the wheel. Anyways, because <laughs> uh, that's exactly what you need to do with this podcast right now. As uh, a post-match. House of Black brought you to Jesus take the wheel. I'm so confused right now. This is the stuff that happens right here on Collision Catch-Up, ladies and gentlemen. And um, it's not always when we record at 2 a.m. We no, are quite awake right now. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, that's something that really happened. But post-match, uh, they attacked Daddy Magic surrounding him and uh, Malachi Black ending up delivering Black Mass to Daddy Magic. And then uh, Garcia, and I believe it was Cash Wheeler, coming and uh, attacking uh, House of Black with chairs and running them out of the ring, so... Super intrigued to see where this goes with Daddy Magic as, again, through the well, entire... He's been, he's been ringside. He's been Garcia's, like, guy. like his Garcia's guy, but also, like, clearly some tension still between them as sure. he really hates the dance. He's made it so clear. But even throughout the entire... Seems like he's warming up to it. Either way. It, but, it, but throughout even the entire tournament that just recently wrapped up, despite the ruling of, you know, you don't have anybody ringside, you don't have anybody, like, it's just a match. He has still, the entire way through, been on commentary for every one of Garcia's matches. So, kind of curious to see now that he's actually gotten in the ring and taken that beat down where this goes. And it, that's, uh, that's actually something to note because, yeah, there was a lot of doubt from Daddy Magic to Dana Garcia, and now we're seeing Garcia really elevate himself and now seeing Daddy Magic be a casualty of Garcia's actions of aligning himself with FTR. It is going to be interesting to see what happens there going forward. But uh, yeah, again, sort of with the long storytelling that we quite appreciate with uh, AEW and what they do, I feel like this is something that we're uh, 
I'm, I've been waiting to see the result of for quite a while. So curious to see where this goes. All right. That being our top three for the week. Um, before we dive into the rest of Collision, I feel like we should dive into something really quickly. And uh, that being the return of a certain somebody. Not to AEW as uh, a lot of people were expecting. Potentially the devil. Potentially maybe getting involved in the Christian Cage kill switch storyline. But to New Japan Pro Wrestling last night, as we had Jack Perry make his return, looking like he just walked out of the jungle or some I, shit. I was going to say, you you looked at me, you're like, what's with the beard? And I'm like, he came back from the jungle. <laughs> like, of course he hasn't shaved. But now looking good with the beard. Um, yeah, attacking uh, Shota. And uh, not only that, that wasn't the biggest takeaway from the segment. Pulling out his AEW contract, making it clear it's his AEW contract, and ripping it up, making yep. it known that he's going to be in New Japan Pro Wrestling going forward. Which is, I think, we both said it to each other last night, of all of the predictions, because I feel like every week we have said, okay, where where's Jack Perry coming back? Where are I we think especially since the whole devil shit popped up, like yeah, people were really anticipating with all the glass teases and... Just everything all around. And again, even potentially getting involved in Christian's whole thing with the the patriarchy. We were anticipating Jack Perry popping up sooner rather than later. New Japan was the last place I expected to see Jack Perry especially pop up first more than anything. Yeah, no, we uh, genuinely were taken by surprise, as I'm sure a lot of other people were, which uh, kudos to them because I, I love to be surprised. Well, sending Perry on an excursion... And not bringing them back immediately to AEW is probably the smarter move. As well as I got to look back on Forbidden Door. Because Jack Perry went one-on-one with Sonata, the the current uh, heavyweight champion at that time. Did that match impress New Japan officials at that time. And now maybe they personally requested Jack Perry to New Japan. Was it like AEW or was suggesting it, op- it? Or was it the opposite? And he was impressed. And he was like, you know what? I feel like I need a maybe break from AEW. My, yep. Yep, maybe this is my style I need to go, and I need a little bit of a switch up in environment and pace, and like especially honestly, again given everything that went down at uh at all, all in, in. Mm-hmm. I I just pause between deciding in and out, but yes, in, um, all in, all out. I mix them up in my brain. Can't stop judging me. <laughs> it's a fair mistake. They were a week apart, um, but yeah. Anyways, just uh. Very excited to see now. I feel like I'm going to be paying more attention to New Japan than I personally usually do as a Jack Perry fan and also as someone who's just been waiting for this long to see where he shows up and was truly taken by surprise. It's definitely to be noted as well as uh, sounds like John Moxley will be challenging NATO for the IWGB heavyweight chip, chip of the future as well at the Chicago show, Windy City Riot. As well as Mustafa Ali making his New Japan Pro Wrestling debut, taking on Hiromu Takahashi. So, a lot, a lot of, cool- of big things for New Japan just took place. A lot of a lot of cool things on the horizon for New Japan with that Windy City Riot show coming up. Them running a actual arena in the U.S. for I believe the first time. So, wow, it, it's going to be on their own at least. Uh, they did yeah, have the they did- the Super Show with ring of honor at the at madison square garden a few years ago but uh yeah no this uh this is a big deal and a uh, couple of big time matchups signed there for that show but uh to dive into the rest of the collision really quickly as we had a promo from sammy guevara and chris jericho addressing their match with big bill and ricky starks later in the show on ba- or later in 
the night on Battle of the Belts on the different show. Uh, you had the Ring of Honor six-man tag team championship on the line as the Mogul Embassy representatives of Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony taking on Lance Archer and The Righteous. Great to see them on our televisions again as a faction. Yeah, we've been kind of waiting on that just uh, personally here. We really enjoyed that faction when it first popped up, and then they kind of just forgot about it for a while. So truly exciting to see them together last night. And Jake the Snake back on television as well, which is also nice to see. Good to as see he, him in good uh, health. He also uh, punched out Nana, which, uh, you know, I'm not here for Nana slander, but also like, go Jake the Snake. Like, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Nana will not be swerving while he is driving, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, unfortunately for Archer and the Righteous, uh, did not end up on their front, though, as the Mogul Embassy retaining the ROH six-man tag team championships and calling out Bullet Club Gold for uh, a potential future matchup for those championships. And uh, I, it didn't take them long to respond as a little bit later in the show, Bullet Club Gold being Jay White and the Guns, accepting that challenge and acknowledging the fact that it's going to be happening this Wednesday on Dynamite. So we may potentially have new Ring of Honor six-man tag team champions on Wednesday. But uh, we move on to a quick, I believe, like four or five-minute match between Dustin Rhodes and Willie Mack. Nice and quick. Doesn't need to be anything too special. No. And uh, Dustin Rhodes taking the victory, giving a uh, crossroads followed by, I don't know the proper name for uh, Final Cut. A final cut. Yeah, that beautiful twisting suplex that Dustin's infamously known for as uh, he calling out Christian Cage for a match on Dynamite for that TNT Championship also coming up on Wednesday on Dynamite. So mm-hmm. uh, We had Preston Vance uh, ign- uh, talking about his international championship match going to be going down a battle of belts only to be interrupted by one Roderick Strong in the Undisputed Kingdom. Preston! <laughs> Vance. <laughs> I will say the screaming gimmick pops me hard. Uh, it is one of my favorite things happening right now. <laughs> and Roddy coming up wishing good luck or yeah, like giving uh Preston uh, his his best wishes going into his match and Preston basically didn't give a crap and being like once I beat OC tonight, you can have as much time as you want since you decided to interrupt my interview and I'll whoop your ass too next week. So, uh Preston Vance just coming in Coming in swinging, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Big match, uh, big win in a match on Dynamite this week. Tribute to Brody Lee. And uh, now on a bit of a hot streak and hopefully looking to claim the international championship on Battle of the Belts as we move on with the rest of the show. Hook having a quick matchup with uh, AW producer Kevin Matthews, which kind of popped me. I was like, instead of using an extra talent, you might as well use somebody who works for the company who who better to make Hook look great. And like, honestly, considering the size of KM and the way that Hook was just manhandling him. Yeah. Yeah. Did also, it's trick. special shout out to just, uh, I'm really appreciating the Hook symbol. Oh, the bat symbol, essentially. Yeah. The bat symbol just like up in the air as Hook makes his entrance. Uh, nice touch. Nice touch. I, I quite like that. As, uh, yeah, it was short and sweet and to the point as uh, he getting ready for his world championship opportunity against the Samoan submission machine, the current AEW world champion, Samojo. Oh, I really was expecting you to do the Roddy yell. I was, I don't know if you saw me taking a breath. I was fully ready to do the Samoa. Joe. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And yeah, that was, I believe, pretty much everything that happened on Collision this week. Like, honestly, we were kind of talking about it while the paper user happened to be like, eh, this Collision wasn't great. But looking back on it, like... Looking back on it, it was a good show. A solid show on paper and, like, some great matches as well. So, as usually, Collision delivers. Especially with the main events. And I was going to say, like... as an aside, this isn't any offense to Collision, but when you're banking all of your real uh, title matches and really great matches to take place after Collision, a lot of Collision I can feel... necessarily all the great matches would happen. No, but at- I mean, like, the title, the big matches that people wait for. Like, this, you could look at Collision this week, and like I had said, it felt like a lot of sort of regular, what we would see as filler matches, but honestly, great show, considering that was kind of the expectation I had going in. Uh, as we go off the air of Collision uh, with the two tag teams in the street fight match starting their match backstage as Jericho and Sammy against Big Bill Ricky Starks kicks off Battle of the Belts, I will say I was surprised by it at first. But We then, were really anticipating this being the main. But then kind of processing, and we'll get into quickly kind of the, uh, the big happenings of the match, is, man, Sammy Guevara just being an absolute nut. Uh, doing a flip off the top of a truss, looking to hit Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks being saved by Powerhouse Hobbs. But prior to that, Chris Jericho, I don't know what is that ex- exactly his plan was, if he was going for like a superplex or what he was trying to do to Big Bill off of that platform that was just randomly placed there for no reason. Uh, <laughs> them completely missing the second table, by the way. But... Uh, Either you know way. what, though? I will say, I know you had mentioned them missing the second table. When I was looking back on the replay a few times, the second table was nowhere near them. I don't really know why they set up the second table. When I there don't was either. like There was like a foot gap between tables. Like, there was no way he was going to hit both tables. Like, it just didn't quite check out to me what the second table was for. But anyways, you know, just uh, Chris Jericho. I think going for a Rana or something. But either way, uh, Takeshka coming out of nowhere with a kendo stick cracking uh chris jericho in the face and big bill with a gigantic power bomb through the table yeah it was a couple of big bumps to finish the match for Uh, real though uh kicking the crap out of each other literally all over the building uh i didn't think they made it out into the crowd until like about 10 minutes into the match i was gonna say they were only in the crowd for literally those final spots like, by the time they made it to the crowd, Big Bill's covered in mustard. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have seen Sammy Guevara get some comeuppets as he nails Big Bill and Ricky Starks with a golf cart, yeah, infamously. Th- yep. Throwback to uh, some very infamous times for Sammy Guevara being on the opposite side of the, uh, the driver wheel <laughs> this time. Uh, as, yes, getting some comeuppets, as you said. Yeah, just a super fun match to kick off Battle of the Belts and the right... Uh, decision and the the team that was victorious. Um, I was a little nervous that they were going to put the championships on Jericho and Guevara, but I think right now with how hot Starks and Bill are, I I, I think you got to keep the championships on them. I don't think there's been a team that's been properly built up to take the championships off them. No, no. Right now either. So I think this is the right direction and the right call. And you extend the feud with Don Callis family and Jericho and Guevara, which we really never got a proper end to with the whole Sammy Guevara turn. Um, so, like, him turning back to join Jericho. I guess the double-double turn? Yeah, I don't know. Either way... Um, I'm not ready for math. Either way, Jericho and Guevara looks like uh, they'll be 
taking uh, the Don Callis family out to the woodshed if they can. Yeah, no, I think they're both pretty over uh, Don Callis and the shenanigans. So we'll have to see where that takes us going forward. As again, Big Bar- Big Bill and Ricky Starks. I almost said Big Starks. Big Starks. Big Billy Starks. Big. Uh, Bi- <laughs> what the heck? Um, yeah, no. Uh, they retain their championships and they continue their reign as tag team champions. As we move on to a promo, continuing the highlight of the return of Serena Deeb, as she uh, looks like she's. Getting ready to whoop some ass. I was going to say, she looks like a million bucks. Yeah, she's. It, it's really good to see her back on television. I'm looking forward to seeing her actually having some matches on TV soon. Mm-hmm. Um, We've been lucky enough to see her in person on the Indies a couple times and just get a chance to really witness her she's the best. in her element. And she is so good. I'm so excited to see her back on TV. A wonderful human being as well. As we move yes. on to Anna J. Julia Hart for the TBS Championship. Anna getting a big victory in her uh, Eight-person tag match on Dynamite. Uh, another tribute match to Mr. Brody Lee. Former Dark Order members getting the victories, getting respective championship matches here on Battle of the Belts. But uh, unfortunately for Anna, and unfortunately for Preston, uh, spoiler alerts, both Didn't of them... Didn't quite get the job done. Yeah, both of them not victorious in their matches. And uh, Anna retaining the TBS championship. Nope. Nope. Sorry. Julia retaining. Julia retaining the TBS championship. There we go. I was looking down at my notes here. And OC you just retaining, read the name, Anna. Yeah. And OC retaining the international championship as, uh, I'll be honest, wasn't expecting title changes with either one of these matches, but uh, good showings from both Anna and Preston uh, in these bouts. It's I was going to say, overall... Pre- it's, sorry. Good to see Preston getting some highlight. Absolutely. I was just... Uh, it wasn't a huge note. I was just going to say, overall, great uh, showings on Battle of the Belts. Uh, this was this being the ninth Battle of the Belts, and uh, probably one of the more memorable ones for me. I, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, solid show. And then uh, last and certainly not least from Battle of the Belts, a good huge backstage pop. promo. Huge pop for me as uh, we continue to see the animosity between Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett grow and grow. Some tension in uh, the family. Both Karen and Sanjay getting themselves involved and kind of talking. And all of a sudden, big old Satnam Singh coming in to the frame, getting back into the mix of things. And So excited, uh, Karen and uh, Sanjay. Sanjay trying to be like, oh, yes, look, it's Satnam. It's Satnam. He'll calm us down. Satnam, what do you got there? What do you got there? Satnam has a tray of food. Yeah, yeah, like almost like baked goods. It, it, it looked like baked goods. It looked like powdered sugar as he's like, oh, my mom made this. Like, as he just- shoves it in Jay Lethal's face, Jay Lethal immediately spitting it out and uh, the offense that Satnam took of this. Yeah, just uh, an again, abrupt cutoff of the segment, but it popped me hard. Just like again, his mom made those, and it looked like Satnam was about to snap, so they just quickly uh, they cut it off right there. But uh, almost like a we'll be right back moment. For real though, a genuine pop. That's probably one of my favorite. Obviously, I've been enjoying these sort of promos of the uh, building tension between the Jarrett family, but uh, that one really got me. L- gotta love Satnam Singh. Oh, man. So good. So good. I'll, I'll never get over Satnam and overalls. Enough said. As we, move <laughs> on, as we move on to some quick Rampage notes, uh, Eddie Kingston retaining the Continental Crown over Wheeler Yuta. We had a backstage segment between the Hardys and Mark Briscoe talking about their trios run uh, and talking about going forward them together and the Hardys gifting Mark Briscoe a Hardys necklace, which was very humorous to see and just the the noises they made at the end of that segment uh briscoe doing his barking and hardy and matt hardy 
Hardy and Matt Hardy. Hardy and wow. Hardy. The Hardy boys. Hardy boys <laughs> trying to keep up with Mark Briscoe's noises. It was, there was a lot going on there. I feel like I missed that and I need to see that. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Swerve Strickland picking up a big win over Matt Seidel, continuing his momentum as uh, a hell of a segment on Dynamite this week between him, Hangman Page, and Samoa Joe. Uh, we had Top Flight in action and Dreddy addressing uh, the their future going forward backstage, being interrupted by Private Party, who Mark Quinn proceeds to call Action Andretti a throat goat and pop wow. me hard. Wow. As nice. <laughs> <laughs> as the private party basically calls out two of the three of them for any time, anywhere, whatever. Action Andretti, no words, just action, proceeds to eat water. As, <laughs> eat water. <laughs> as he quickly... the. Uh, I don't even know the word to use. Just his little water. I, I guess this is his why they call spot? him the throat goat. The the chugging of the water bottle. I don't even know if you can call it chugging. but I don't know what else to call it. I don't... Throat goat in it. Throat best. goat in it. Yeah. <laughs> Deep throating water. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to try and steer this shit back on. Let's not stop talking about auction. Oh Gunny. my goodness. What uh, happened next? I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. Queen Aminata, take it on. Hikaru Shida. Aminata seemed like she's being signed to an AEW deal, acknowledging it on Twitter this week and or X, whatever you want to call it. And it's Twitter. Hikaru Shida picking up a victory. Um, continuing her dailies place win streak over three years at this point. Oh wow, that's impressive. As we had a backstage promo between Ruby, Soho, and Soraya. Ruby's birthday a few days ago Soraya wishing her happy birthday but having unfortunate news for her as uh she pulls up a video we see uh harley cameron harley cameron thank you and uh <laughs> cool hand backstage as you know they muted video i'm going to add uh, a little bit touchy a little bit feely all in all ending with a kiss between the two of them i would just like to say too speaking of no audio to the video immediately as the kiss happens the video gets paused yep yep soraya very well timed on her pause skills as uh clearly hurt ruby uh witnessing this i don't know if they're fully established on uh rampage at this point but obviously this guy she's been interested in as betrayal, uh, betrayal. <laughs> as out comes cool hand singing happy birthday with a cake for her to surprise uh, her in yeah, the I was interview say bad timing Bad timing as uh, she then flips the cake in his face, basically says, screw you, takes off. Saraya saying, uh, you know, this I is my plan. I always win. Yeah, this is my plan all along, essentially, as even Renee giving cool Renee hand. cursing him out as a true girl's girl. As, as everybody walking away in the video finishing and you seeing cool hand pushing off Harley Cameron and trying to get to the bottom of this and... Uh, Clearly didn't go well for him. Clearly didn't go well, as then we see him make his entrance on the ramp along with... Uh, Daddy Magic and Jake Hager, as I like to call them, the JAS leftovers. That's it, that's it. As uh, He didn't even bother to clean off the cake. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's, uh, yeah, cake it all. He was competing in our main event of Rampages. We had them taking on the Dark Order, Evil Uno, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, accompanied by negative one who actually had a part in this match as uh jake hager he likes that hat 
but negative one had said hat and put it on distracting jake hager and uh allowing the dark order to end up getting the victory as negative one uh leading both daddy magic and cool hand into a big double clothesline from evil uno and uh pretty much spelled the end for the the js leftover so Good on you, Negative One. I, I love to see the involvement. I love it when Negative One makes an appearance. I love it when uh, he really takes on, really, after his father's role of uh, that sort of leadership. Not needing to wrestle, just needing to really steer the ship in which way he wants it to go. Speaking of being the Dark Order, Dark Order taking over being the elite. And uh, we've seen Amanda Huber getting into the, the role of the old Brody Lee segments where she's... Th- uh, threatening them with papers and cussing them out for uh, the way they treat negative one sometimes. So that's been kind of fun to watch as well. But her taking on not even just like that se- seniority role, but uh, not even being bothered to hit them with the papers instead making them hit themselves, which is a real nice touch of uh, her just wearing the pants in that dark order. So good, yeah. good on the family. Yeah. Good on the family for keeping his legacy alive. As I believe that pretty much covers uh, the happenings of the three of the four AW shows this week. A big thank you to everybody for checking out Collision Catch-Up this week. I appreciate uh, every single one of you listeners, whether it's one, ten thousand, ten thousand. We don't care how many listen. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to support us. And show that same support to the rest of the network as uh, SME Radio covers professional wrestling, mixed martial arts, pop culture, music. You name it, it's covered on this network. So go show support to every single one of those shows just like you do this very podcast. We are here every single Sunday morning talking all elite wrestling. And I look forward to it every single week. Um, I'm at Matthew Grant First Days of Four on all forms of social media. Keep up with everything I'm doing in the world of independent professional wrestling. I've got a triple shot coming up this weekend. Uh, you can catch me at Crossbody Pro Wrestling Uproar. You can catch me at Battle Arts Beaverton. And you can also catch me uh, winning another championship of Pro Wrestling Ontario on Saturday night. Uh, yeah, big weekend for the standard Matthew Grant. A uh, good way to potentially end off my january so hopefully you guys join me and hopefully uh you continue to follow my journey but that's pretty much it for me this week i'll pass it along to my wonderful wife to close out this week's podcast and you can find me on all forms of social media at aaron 154 grant as i'm just sort of dipping my toes into the world of professional wrestling uh and just coming along for the ride a lot of the time and just enjoying to see where this goes uh this has been collision catch-up thank you so much for listening yeah.